We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, Rob Doster here, and you are listening to a Field of 68 NBA Draft Prospect Profile. We're going to be rolling these out all month, leading up to a full first round live mock draft with the six NBA draft experts that we're going to be hosting one week before the actual draft itself takes place. While you're here, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a rating and a review, that stuff really does help us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on any of the platforms that you listen to the audio of this show. But listen, that's enough of that. That's enough of the promos. Let's get into today's prospect profile. All right, Jeff Goodman, Randolph Childress, breaking down another one of the NBA draft, guys. And uh, this one is interesting. Yeah. Derek Lively, 7-1, Duke freshman, long, athletic, not a lot of offensive game, only averaged 5.2 points a game, 5.4 rebounds a game. Didn't play a lot early in the season for John Shire. You know, his minutes certainly improved and increased as the season went along. All right, Full disclosure here, I loved Lively coming into the year. I loved him yeah. coming out of the AU uh, circuit because he he is that long athletic big, right, that everybody wants right now. He is super long and can change the game because he can get up and down the court. He can alter shots. He can block shots. He can be a lob threat. You know, and I saw him, RC, when I saw him, he was able to step out and not make a lot of them. But he showed the ability to step out and shoot the three a little bit. We never saw that really in college at Duke. That was no. never a part of his game. So it felt like he was kind of limited and didn't show a facet of his game that maybe he could have gotten better at. Right. Uh, it's funny you say that because that was going to be the one thing that I think he's going to show people in NBA workouts that he didn't show in Duke. Yes. I've yes. watched him. I watched him work out. I've watched him shoot. His mechanics look great. I worry more about him physically to start his NBA career than I worry about his offense because he knows he's going to be a dribble handoff lob guy to start. But defensively, he gives you versatility on the defensive end. He covers a ton of ground. He's mobile. But the most underrated skill he has might be being able to knock down shots. Now, I'm not saying he's a great shooter, but he's good enough that you're going to mechanic wise that if he gets comfortable doing it, I think he can develop that to his game and knock down shots. His shots look really good. I think everyone that I've heard in workouts so far say that about him, that he shoots it better than they think. I don't think anybody's thinking he's going to come in day one and be that guy, be 40% from three. 
But if he can get his as he physically matures and he gets up to 250, 260, that's for him, which will be easy. I I think in the way he covers ground, he knows what he is and he understands, hey, my superpower is defending and rebounding, blocking shots, and whatever offense I give you, I give you. I think that's why I I, I like a lot of him as opposed to just being a seven-footer trying to call it for the ball, wanting to score. I think he knows that. I think that's why he's going to be valuable to somebody. I just think it's a physical thing to him to start. His offensive repertoire is limited. He knows that. I think he'll just add being able to space and knock down a shot. Other than that, you know what you're getting from him. I think his floor is like Mitchell Robinson. I think that's his floor. Like, like, to be honest, I, I just think he can be much better. Because, again, I, I think Lively's a guy that uh, will get stronger yep. and he's got more to his offensive game than people have seen, like you said. Not yeah. that you're going to run a lot for him to, to be a pick-and-pop five-man. Um, really what his game is going to be is is changing the game on the defensive end. Um, you know, a, a, like a Robert Williams type. But, I, again... I feel like he can do more offensively than Robert Williams. Like if you if you sag off him, he can eventually make shots. Now he's not as as big, strong, and even as athletic as Robert Williams. That's the difference that I, I worry about. Like you is can he play in an NBA game today? Can he can he legitimately play in an NBA game today, or is he a guy you throw in the G League and say, you know what, we'll give you a call up here and there, but we need to get you reps and we need it to make you hit the weight room as much as possible, play against grown men. I don't think physically he's ready to match up on any, in the, in, on the grown men in the league. I, I think it's – that's why I think it's it, it's great for him if he gets drafted in the latter part of the first round because the expectations won't be great. Yeah. He can develop at his own pace. G League, maybe some call-ups as he physically matures. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, certain matchups for him – the physical matchups, he, he, you know, the MBs, those guys, nobody can guard. You don't want to throw them to the wolves with those guys. But against teams that he fits in against small ball yeah. because he uses his length well and he can move his feet out on perimeter. He can guard and do things like that. He's going to struggle, struggle with the physicality of those guys. But again, he can be a, you know, he can be a guy, a lob threat, a DHO guy. I just think he, he developed quite a bit. He was 215 when he got to Duke. He's 230 or so now. He'll continue to physically mature as he does his game, his offensive game. He needs time with that, but he knows what he is. He's going to work at it. I think offensively he has more upside than some of those guys. The unfortunate part of somebody's going to draft him and just say, hey, you do this well right now. Certain nights he can help you. Certain nights against physical teams he can't. And you know that, but I like what he brings. Well, that's kind of what I felt like even in college, right? Now, again, he was hurt before the start of the season, so he was behind. He comes in, doesn't play a lot in Portland in, in, in November, December. But, man, I can't get that February 4th game out of my head. Uh, at Cameron against North Carolina, right. I was there when he scored two points, and he was clearly the best player on the floor. Yeah, and it cool. wasn't even close. He had 14 rebounds. He had eight blocks. He probably altered another 10 shots. Carolina was terrified. Armando Baycott couldn't do anything against Derek Lively in that game, and neither could the rest of the Carolina team. So, again, I keep going back to what I've seen in glimpses with Derek Lively and what he can become if he gets stronger, if he gets a little bit mature, more mature, both emotionally and physically, what he could be down the road, which is a game-changing guy. Because like you said, listen, he could switch on almost everybody. 
Yep. Like that's the beauty of Derek Lively. And and again, he gives you a guy that you want to play fast, go yep. with him. He he can yep. run like guards. Yep. Yep. I think he, he he moves like a deer. I was there at the Duke workout when he got hurt. You know, all the scouts and everybody was there and he rolled his ankle. I thought his conditioning along with his work, ability to work out of struggle too. His conditioning struggled. So you saw him struggling with that. I think he and Derek are two, two guys in his draft that struggled with that. Like Derek, you know, he got another injury, but we'll discuss him later. But he's a guy to start the season. You just didn't know what you were getting because he missed so much time. That's right. He missed a significant chunk of their season and missed, I think, the very first game or so to start of the season. They just had enough front court depth to uh, to overcome that. But again, his upside and knowing what he is, I love it. Um, because he's going to come in knowing, hey, my job is to defense, re defend, rebound, block shots. Uh, offensively, I can give you a little bit more. You can't throw him out there against physical bigs. He's just not there yet, but I don't think anybody would. I think the G League and then some call-ups would be his ceiling his rookie year, but how much and how mature he handles that NBA lifestyle is going to go a long way toward what his career looked like. That's a great point. Like, what organization takes him? is yep. going to be huge for him and who you're putting him around, right? Yep. From a, a strength standpoint, number one, from a, a, a veteran, who who's going yep. to be that veteran? Like, yes. like you want to put him with a veteran that will toughen him up, hold him accountable, yep. but also find a way to kind of nurture him. Like, yep. it's going to be key, right? Coaching a veteran big with him, um, I, I think that's going to be key. But again – I think Derek Lively's ceiling is extremely, extremely high. Where would you take him? If you had to give a range that you're comfortable drafting Derek Lively, because it's funny, going into the year, I don't know if you agreed with me, but I would have said, hey, he's a lottery pick. Like, I thought he'd be a locked lottery pick going into the year, and now he's a guy that probably has fallen out of the lottery into somewhere in the middle of that first round. I'll say this. If you look at the Phoenix Suns right now, would the Phoenix Suns take his mentality in a big like DeAndre Ayton? Yeah. Meaning that a big that with the players around me, you want a guy, hey, dribble handoff, lobs, defense, and be happy with it. Like that's what I think separates him and why we say the team matters. Because if you get a guy like an Aiden situation and he wants the ball, yeah. he wants to score then it, it just doesn't work. And we're seeing that in the fence. And I know that, and we're talking about college guys. He has shown you that even when he was the number one player in the country, I think his expectations, I was proud of what he became because I think everyone thought of being a number one player, having never seen him, particularly going to Duke, you're expecting this offensive repertoire and all these things. And he's a defensive guy. And then when he was healthy and on, yeah. He changed games. He was a difference maker. I watched he him. Like he, did he seemed Great like a teammate. good teammate. Because you have to be to buy into those things because those aren't the things that the average player wants to do anyway. Right. Hey, hey, I'm going to get you open here. I'm going to screen. Hey, throw me the lock. I'm going to block this shot. I'm going to rim run. I've seen him rim run. Guard have to take him and then tell his guard to ISO the big on the switch. I'm going to get the rebound. Like there's a mentality with him that I think translates, and it's a big thing. I think one of the biggest, most underrated aspects of guys transitioning to the NBA is – it's not just does your game translate because you can be a scorer, but if you don't get the ball, if you're getting limited shots, it doesn't matter. Defense, rebounding, understanding that, and, and the versatility to switch translates. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I'm higher on that than some some others because I don't think there's a many guys that you're going to be able to come in and say, "Hey, he's a, he's a bucket. I'm going to give him the ball." He he. I'm big on guys knowing what they are. 
All right, he tell knows me, what he tell is. Tell me why. Tell me why he's not going to be James Wiseman. Because again, I, I will put James Wiseman in that DeAndre Aiden category. When you're big and you're worried about your offensive scoring, you're not getting the ball at Golden State. And what those guys realize is that there's so many gifted offensive players. They need you to protect the rim. They need you to get the ball. When, when you get it, finish it, whatever. Guys like him want touches. Guys like DeAndre Aiden want offensive touches. He wants to go back at Djokovic. That's not what Phoenix needs him for. So when, that's why I say a mentality-wise, he's already ahead Except of the game because he Except accepts that role. He knows what he is. Like he's, he, he he's also him. tougher. I, I asked you about Wiseman because that that's where I wanted you to go with it too. Is like the difference. Yeah. I think Lively got tougher. I, Wiseman. I, I, the only thing I give Wiseman credit for, I, I, I'm I'm leery of crushing him. So yes. what? Because he was on a championship level team that was trying to maximize a window. Right. They didn't have time to wait. On like any of those guys, Kaminga. So that's why we talk about even when you go to a situation, you think, oh, my gosh, I'm going to the Phoenix. I mean, the, the Golden State Warriors is a great fit. They need an athletic big. Right. But they need an athletic big that thinks like Derek Lively that says, hey, I'm coming in here. Let me run this dribble handoff. That's why Looney's such a great fit because what? He defends and he rebounds. All he, he accepts that role. He doesn't care about anything else. My job is to get you open. And that's why I say Lively fits that as more athletic big. Now, he has to physically mature. That's just such a major thing. And I don't fault guys like Aiden or whatever those guys, but when you're drafting these guys, you're drafting them off their potential, but look at what that roster turns into. And now you got a guy that didn't want to accept the role that the team needed him to accept. And that's a big part of this. And so I, I won't quite, I think he's tougher because he, it, it takes a level of toughness to accept that role. So we've rarely seen a guy that has all this accolades of being the number one high school player in the country all this expectations, and he's a defensive rebounding guy. Like it's been a long time since we've had that. Where that—that's his 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 strength. His superpower is I'm a versatility guard, block shots, rebound, and get the number one player in the country recognition recognition room. He gets first round draft pick. So that's why I'm big on it because very rarely does that ever happen. Most guys come in wanting to score. Is why I don't like him as the Wiseman Aiden comparison. I think he's more like an athletic loony. And there's really not a lot of guys like that about him, to be honest with you. There's not a lot of gifted, more length than athleticism, but he he moves well. There's not a lot of guys that come in there that accept that. Some guys evolve into that. It's either like, hey, Looney, you do this or you can't play in this league. Right. Right. I think yep. he has more uh, offensive firepower, more offensive repertoire than those guys. I think eventually he will, but he's going to come in day one and say, look, this is who I am. He just has to physically be able to hold up to, to help someone do that. He's Randolph Childress. I'm Jeff Goodman. That's the breakdown of Duke freshman Derek Lively. Make sure you watch all the breakdowns of all the NBA draft guys here on the Field of 68. Our partner for today's episode is Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 during the college basketball season, and I loved the impact that it had on my energy levels. I'm a big coffee in the morning guy, but by the time that the afternoon would hit, I needed another boost. AG1 helped me tremendously, especially on those days when I didn't want to get up off the couch and go hit the gym. Their tagline is AG1 is comprehensive health and the power of habit in one. And man, that could not 
be more true. It's nearly impossible to eat and drink in a healthy manner in the month of February and the month of March when you are in my business. And AG1 was exactly the supplement that I needed to improve my gut health and cover my nutritional bases for the day. I've continued that into April. I've continued that into May, and I'm going to continue that the rest of the summer. All I have to do is mix a scoop of AG1 with some water or maybe add it into a smoothie and I'm ready to go. Do it after lunch and you'll be ready to go for the rest of the day. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com backslash field68. That's field68, F-I-E-L-D, the number six, the number eight, and you can get yours now. So check it out and help support this show. Thanks. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. All right, Jeff Goodman here with Randolph Childress, breaking down the game of potential, probable first-round pick, Duke freshman Derek Whitehead. Came in with a ton of hype. Uh, yeah. All-American, McDonald's All-American, uh, big, strong, athletic wing, and showed some potential. Listen, he was up and down. He was hurt in the preseason um, with a, a right foot injury, had surgery on, on his fifth metatarsal bone in his right foot. Obviously, it didn't even heal right because he had another procedure after the season ended before the NBA draft on that same foot. You know, his numbers were modest, averaged about eight points a game, he did shoot 43% from three. And I thought that was, honestly, if you're taking one thing away from Derek Whitehead's season this year, that you say to yourself, you know what? That helped his draft stock. Yep. It was the fact that he shot the ball very well from three. But he yep. never established himself, RC, as the go-to guy at Duke that we thought he was going to be. Instead, that was kind of Kyle Filipowski. But what he did was when he finally got himself – over the injuries and got himself in shape. He is also one of the reasons that so many of us was picking that Duke team to make a run. 
because he started elevating. He was another shot creator with size. He started showing shot making ability. When he got in, got games under him and got in shape, he was a double digit score for that group. And that was where you're like, man, wait a minute. He provided consistent outside perimeter threat shooting. I mean, shot on 40% three, but he start he added that to that team, a team that struggled with that, with that length as a wing. I, I thought even with the injuries, most guys, you're saying, hey, this guy had a stress fracture early. He had the other little muscle injury late in the year. He had two injuries that caused them to miss games this year. I would have said, hey, for the average kid, hey, you come, you need to come back to school. You're only shot 42% from the floor. You need to come back. But when he shot 42% from three, almost making two a game, it was like, all right, you know what? We know with the size, the body, he's ready to go. If you're if he checks all the box and he passes the physicals, then I think he's someone that's been all over the draft boards. But I think someone will take him in the top twenty. It is he is all over the draft boards, and I think a lot of yeah. people thought he'd be a top ten pick yep. Uh, yep. coming into the year. I don't see that. Uh, but again, great size for yep. a wing. Everybody wants a, a multi-dimensional, versatile wing yep. these days. He's got the ability to be that down the road, and you're really buying him low. Like right. his stock is going to be probably about as low as it's been. If you get him in the twenties, nobody would have imagined that's where he would have gone. But now you could be looking at a guy like that. You know, to me, you know, I'm trying to think of a good comparison for him. Mm. You know, I, I'm looking at another Duke guy that really never materialized to 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 what we thought he'd be because he was stuck behind a, a couple of, of bigger name uh, Duke guys named Zion Williamson. And R.J. Barrett, and that's Cam Reddish. Is mm. he a little bit like a Cam Reddish? Obviously, he's had his different issues, more injury than than Reddish stuck behind two studs at Duke. But could he be that? Like Cam Reddish has been kind of a piece in, in the NBA and never kind of completely, you know, to me, Cam Reddish has a ton of upside, a ton of talent. I don't think we, we would disagree on that. I don't know if Dariq is even has has as much talent, pure talent as Cam Reddish, no. but but again, could he be that type of guy that you know is just a piece and trying to figure out his way in the NBA, where he belongs and what he does well? Like that's what I worry about with Dariq Whitehead is does he do any one thing great to whereas he's going to be able to stick and be a guy on a team? I don't know if he has an elite offensive package, but again, if he can continue to shoot close to 40% from three at his size and his ability to defend, you got to do. Cam Reddish has always been a tease in some aspect because yep. he was trying to be a point guard, which he's never wasn't. He has his upside because of his ball skills right. and who he's always played with. He's a guy from in high school. He could give you 50 or he yep. could give you four. He's just been that guy. This this injury riddle season by Dariq, we don't know what, you know, Whitehead. This we don't know what this what his upside can be. But again, he showed us a lot. He's battled back from those injuries. I was impressed, Jeff, that he came back and played after the second one. Right. He could have shut it down. He could have just shut it down. So I, I, you got to give him credit for that yeah. in today's culture and today's times with young men. To his credit, he came back, he played. Uh I thought physically, Duke, you know, we know what happened to them in the tournament against Tennessee. Do you First buy, round, I think do you you buy him as a really good shooter, or do you? Sometimes guys no, no, are no, fluky I, in their numbers. Do you, he's not going to be to me. I think he's a mid thirties three point shooter in the NBA. I I agree. I don't think he's a forty percent guy. I don't think he's great. I think he's a 
he reminds me somewhat. He's not as good as you. I was going to pick another Duke guy and Adrian Griffin. I thought he was similar to him. He's not the catch and shoot guy. He is Griffin can really shoot it. No, well, Griffin was a great. I think he can do more things. I do. Now I do think he does better than Griffin. I think he can put it on the floor and go get you a bucket. Go get your mid range shot. I think his ball handling, playmaking skills are a little better. Uh, again, defensively, I think he's a better athlete in that aspect. I think when you get him in there and you're going to see him, can he catch and shoot and make threes? He's shown he could do that. Uh, he's the most intriguing guy. When you get him in there, I, I guarantee teams are going to have some of their current players there at their workouts to say, we just, just don't know enough, enough about what this do you guy. Think? Unless yeah, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, you know, and just be like, hey, what's your thought on this guy? Get him out there. Get him uncomfortable. You kind of coach those guys to see where he is. Um, but I like him. I mean, I, I think, again, when you get outside of certain guys, I like six, seven, six, eight guys, ball skills. Not a great shooter, but you got to guard him. Like, he's not poor where you can't just sit in the paint. You can't leave him open. You're going to have to guard him. I don't think he's a, a career 40% three-point shooter, but it doesn't have to be. If he shoots in the mid to upper 30s, you got yourself a player because he does defend. I'll give him that. I've seen him get after guys, get in the passing lanes. You need that at that side. He's a wild card. And to me, he he's a complete he wild card because we he haven't is. seen a ton of him. First of all, we don't know how healthy he was this year. Right. That's number one, right? He was behind coming in yes. because he was hurt in the preseason. So I, I just I think he's one of those guys that you take a shot at if he's sitting there at 22, 23. Yeah. You absolutely take a shot at because you're probably a, a team that either is a team that went fairly deep in the playoffs anyway, and you're trying to bolster your second unit, or you have multiple first-round picks. And that's right. where, to me, you grab a Derek Whitehead in yes. a heartbeat. If yes. you've got a couple first-round picks, like even in Oklahoma City, somebody like that, um, you take somebody like this, see what you have, and then potentially you could always move him. If he plays, you just – you want assets. You yes. want assets, and I think this is a kid that could be an asset because, again, he's young enough to be able to develop. If he works, he's going to get better at all of these uh, these skills, whether it's, again, shooting. He was really good, as we talked about in college. All he's got to be is a, a mid to high 330s guy, and, and to me, he's got value in the league. So Mono drafts him really high. I think he goes before even the mid-20s because he's coming in with this reputation. He's the number two ranked player in high school. Yeah. And I think the one some of the concerns that we had about him in general, everybody was like, all right, how consistent is his outside shooting? Yes. That was the thing. The one the thing he did the best is the thing that we had the most concern about. Everything else we were like, oh, he's gonna be really good at this. He's gonna fit in great with these guys. That's the thing I think about him that has to be intriguing because you go in thinking, I don't know how well he shoots it. And he shoots freaking 42% from three. Yeah. Now he had the injuries and he's battled through those things from the stress fracture. Like you said, we I don't know if he ever fully got into shape. And no, you got don't. a legitimate, you, we, don't, you don't, we don't, we got no clue of that. And so I think his upsides there, when you get past outside a lottery, you got a bunch of people that are sitting there trying to figure out, hey, how good is this guy? You know, how what's his upside? He he was second ranked player in high school and and i think i think you're going to get that i think someone will take him in the teens someone and maybe a playoff team to get him in and he gets to come along gradually with a group yep. of veteran guys understand his role maybe a three and d type of guy not an elite shooter but a good shooter versatile defender that can switch we talk about that yep. uh I, I like him a lot i just think that the intrigue and the, the 
checking all the box physically, and then let's see what we have and what he can become. I think he's worth that out outside the, the lottery. Yeah, I agree. Rolling the dice of, of, of Dariq Whitehead makes a lot of sense. You know, somewhere in that late teen, early 20 range. Again, uh, shot it well from three. Also shot it well from the line. Yes. And I think that says a little bit too. Shot 79% from the line. Generally, again, if you know, if you're not a great shooter, it's you're going to be exposed either from three or from the line. He did both well. So again, if he can keep doing that, versatile wing, everybody wants him these days in the league. Uh, strong, athletic, showed more skill level than we thought. Derek Whitehead, you know, maybe that X factor guy in the draft this year that that a lot of people are going to watch and see where does he end up going. Uh, I'm Jeff Goodman. He's Randolph Childress. This is the Field of 68 breaking down all the top players in the NBA draft.